And it's the RU Review episode number six. I'm Steve Titchener in the studio with Matt Lachlan. John McAlevey is on the line. And Eric LeGrand will join us for the second half of the show today. Um, obviously, a very disappointing performance on Saturday. And this is my thoughts on it, guys. I just felt that for the first time since, since Rutgers entered the Big Ten, and the first time that they got on the field with Ohio State, that they would actually belong on the field with Ohio State. I mean, come on. I mean, they had a nice uh, show at Ann Arbor. They went into that game at Ann Arbor 3-0. and And I just felt like there was a vast improvement in the program. I'm not saying there's not improvement, guys. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it was just, it was a terrible afternoon. And it was as bad as any of the other matchups. It's as if, I mean, it was Chris Ash bad. I mean, it was it was a terrible performance. I mean, 45 points in the first half, and they just went, they couldn't stop him. They couldn't slow him down. I mean, nothing close. And I got to tell you, I was surprised. I was surprised. Now, listen, you, you might say, hey, how can you be surprised as Ohio State? And you saw the history and all that stuff, because I thought Rutgers was improved, and I thought they would put on a better show. I really did. And I was surprised at how easy Ohio State just ran up and down the field. And it wasn't even close. And let's face it, I mean, Ryan Day, probably friends with Chiano. In the second half, he could have put, he could have stepped on the gas again. He could have got to 70 if he wanted to. It was that bad. It really was that bad. You know, they slowed it down. It was 7-7 in the second half. But it was just a mess, just like it is every year. The first half, it is over. And that was last year, too. Then they had the trickery and all that stuff. They made it interesting and fun, whatever. And Rutgers scored a few touchdowns in the second half. That didn't even happen this year. I mean, it was just a terrible, terrible show by Rutgers at home with a juiced crowd. And, um, you know, that's where the program is. Now, again, you know, I'm not looking for a bridge or a cliff to jump off of here, folks. Uh, Rutgers has improved. But, man, that was a wake-up call, Matt, on Saturday. Well, your feelings echo those expressed by Greg Schiano. Excuse me. Greg Schiano after the game, he was as down and as lo- as at a loss for what went wrong as I have seen him. I think he had his team in a position where he thought we will be competitive here. Define competitive as you will, but it wasn't going to be the result that it turned out to be. So, yeah, lots of questions. I think it's out of character for this Rutgers team to have looked as bad as they did It was one of those days that happened in sports. But we did talk about the possibility of something like that happening. Maybe not as bad. I thought it would be closer. But you left a lot at Michigan. You left a lot in Ann Arbor. It was a hard-fought game, and you lost it. And now you have to come back and get ready for a team that's better than Michigan, quite frankly, among the best in the country. So there was the potential for that, but I didn't see it necessarily coming. But I thought the potential was there. And now we'll see. It's it, You have to flush it. First off, two things. You have to flush it. You have no choice. you got Michigan State this week. Beyond that, it just reinforces how hard it is in the Big Ten. Like, it, this is a hard rebuild. I don't think people understand how hard it is. Oh, you see the record, and you see how bad they were for all those years, and they couldn't score, and Chris Ash was terrible, and revolving offensive coordinators, and all that sort of stuff. But even with some stability, it's hard. This is a tough conference, and it's 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 a long road. So in some ways, as terrible as the loss was, it's just a reality check 
that they got to keep chopping, they got to keep digging, and they got to keep recruiting. Yeah. What I say, you guys have both mentioned it. This was downright Ashian, Chris Ashian. (laughs) I I was very surprised. I know um, coming off of the Michigan game, I really and truly thought that were they going to win? No, I didn't. I didn't know whether they would win, but I really thought that this was a game. In fact, watching the pregame show on the Big Ten Network, you know, Dave Revson and the boys, they were really hyping this up. Like, hey, this is going to be a game. You know, Rutgers is is really chopping wood and and making the move and moving up, and and it, this is going to be a game. So keep your eye on it. They were really revved up for it. And well, Travion Henderson goes 44 yards on two plays. Uh, or they score in two plays, a 44-yard run. They intercept the pass two, um, you know, a minute and 30 seconds later. It's 14 nothing before anybody can finish their uh, LeGrand Coffee House coffee in their seat. <laughs> then they kick a field goal. Garrett Wilson pulls in a 32-yard touchdown pass. It's 24 nothing with with two minutes left in or a couple minutes left in the first quarter, and the game is over. The Crookshank touchdown was a beautiful. It was a it was a missed coverage, you know, but that was that was basically window dressing. This game was over at twenty-four nothing, and um, I guess you know, as Steve said, I think um, I think they could have scored seventy points. I think the relationship with with Coach Hiano at uh, being at Ohio State together was um, that was a courtesy that uh, they took their foot off the gas. Um, but this game was over with you know, three minutes left in the first quarter, which was very surprising to me um, and I think to a lot of people out there. Yeah, no one expected Rutgers to win. No one did. I mean, the 14-point spread was like almost like, wow, it's not four touchdowns? Okay. And um, it just was a a rough afternoon. I I thought that they would slow them down at least and that uh, they could keep this thing close and uh, not even – I mean, again, as I said already, it was as bad – as uh, since the beginning of time in the Big Ten with Rutgers and, and Ohio State. Just well, you also bad. know, but you know, if you go back to the Michigan Michigan game, you saw some signs of what we saw on Saturday at Michigan in the first half. Rutgers couldn't tackle; they couldn't block at the line of attack, and Michigan had a dominant first half. Yeah, but Rutgers was able to stick around and made it a game in the second half against Ohio State. Those same issues were exposed they didn't tackle you mentioned John the early start two plays in the end zone you know Rutgers is back on its heels so that's the concerning part like I think they have come a long way they are clearly better they are recruiting better players although they just as we record this they lost a four-star recruit in yeah. light of the loss to Ohio State, the kid from Union, uh, DB, yeah. who's now said, oh, you know what, I think. Um, well, he got uh, upgraded to a four-star. He's got a lot of interest, and he figured he'd, he'd field that interest. We could do a whole yeah. whole podcast, a whole podcast series on the terrible situation players and coaches find themselves in. It's not a commitment until you sign the papers. Right. There shouldn't be early offers. Yeah, Coaches should not be allowed to talk to these kids after they do commit. I, I get it's not a one-way street. I get coaches leave and all that sort of stuff. Or I, I guess it's a two-way street because coaches do leave, and so players shouldn't be allowed to commit. But mm-hmm. the fact that a player commits means nothing. Other mm-hmm. coaches still recruit them. It's it's 
it's ridiculous. Uh, they blow like the wind. You know, St. John's in basketball, just to change the subject, they just lost a kid. Yeah. Uh, big, big recruit that his mother talked to him. I'm not making fun of it. His mom talked to him, didn't like some of the activity that's going on in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He's from Far, Far Rockaway, Queens. She thought St. John's was too close. He feels he now needs to get away. Whatever. That wasn't yeah. the case. All these verbals four are going months to, ago when he committed or four weeks yeah. ago. They're gonna. There's going to be. I, I'm not even. That's not even the concern. But that is. That, but that does uh, happen, though. So the image is everything. Is it a result of the Ohio State blowout? Yeah, it didn't yeah, help. Yeah, it, could, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't help. help. No. But uh, and maybe I, you're right. Maybe yeah. he. You know, yeah. he, he gets upgraded and yeah. it opens the door to other schools because that's what happens. Schools read right. those lists and go, "Wait a minute, were, were we out on this kid?" And all of a sudden, the SEC steps in, and now they're talking about Ole Miss. But that's a story for another day. The fact of the matter is. It is a wake-up call for Rutgers, but I thought you know if you think about it, there were some signs against the Michigan. Yeah, uh, well, it's, here's, let's go to the Michigan game because in the second Wolverine. half, Harbaugh just insisted on running into the line and running into yeah. the line, and so they it was kind of that. But was Rutgers a, made adjustments yeah. and they tackled better, yeah. and then their offense got on track. Right. But in the first half, they could do nothing, and you thought you have to be better, and they weren't. But here's where I'm going, Matt: is uh, throw. Throw against Rutgers because their their pass defense last year wasn't that good, and this year it looks like it's not that good either. Now I got it; they've got guys, you know, Wilson, Olave. They're playing on Sundays. That that the quarterback who I was like, well, you know, maybe is not the stud that uh, R.J. Barrett was or uh, Justin Field was. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's accurate as can be. He didn't miss anybody, and they were wide open wide open and just going down the field. I mean, it was just they couldn't even slow him down. So that's something that Rutgers has to look at in terms of this, which was a vaunted defense really at, at that point because they did a great job in the second half against Michigan, uh, certainly on the run defense end of things. And so uh, you, you went in that game believing that they could slow Ohio State down a little bit. Again, not win the game, but, but they were, slow and they them were down. So far behind, so early, right, yeah. John? And, and you know but, what that's but, like. But, All of a sudden, you're back on Matt, your heels. And here's another thing, and I and, and Shiano addressed it, and he and he said it wasn't the difference in the game, and it wasn't the difference in the game. But that that fake punt, come on! You got what, the best punter in the nation on your on your on your side. Yeah, pin that thing on the five yard line and give your guys a chance. Yes, they would have went 95 yards the way things were going, but it would have slowed them down. I mean, it would at least taken some clock. I don't know, man. And, and you and you want Matt Alimo to thread a needle. You want Matt Alimo to put it in a window in yeah. the middle of the field. Come on, man. That was not a good call, Coach. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. And, you know, he said they saw something and blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, it, it, to me, it, it showed no belief in your offense. It had a re- result to some, some trickery. So Right off the bat, which you yeah. did last year in the second half. I get it. But give your guys a chance, right? Now, yeah. now, now well, Ohio State yeah, has a short a field, and the, and that the um, uh, the running back first play, boom, right into the end zone, yeah. and that would. And you know what, Ryan Day obviously gave his his crew the old pep talk. You know, hey, listen, if you let a team hang around with you that has no business being in the game with you, then guess what? They could bite you in the rear end at the end. I mean. I don't know if he had to, to pull that one out, but that's usually something that uh, that coaches will use because it's true. If there's an, an inferior team out there and you you know you go down and you kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, let's say Ohio State goes down the first couple possessions and they Rutgers holds them to six, you know, then then they get the Crookshank play and boom, a blown coverage and now you're down seven six and the crowd is into it and now you got a game on your hands. Well, 
They certainly put that to bed. This game was over at 24 to nothing. It didn't matter what Rutgers was going to do for the rest <laughs> of the game. It was over, yeah, and right it could have been a heck of a lot worse than that. Yeah. And that is what was so surprising. Maybe what we're finding out is maybe Michigan is not that good, not as good as obviously – Ohio State, I mean, oh, yeah, I don't think that would same. be news to anybody. Michigan I, I hasn't think... been all that good in a number of years. So yeah. that could be part of the case now. But now he... I think it all turns into um, what, what, what Rutgers has left in the tank for Michigan State. It better be a lot, and it better happen early, because if they yeah. fall behind big early this weekend, yeah. then, you know, same old, same old. You're going to hear same old Jets kind of talk coming from uh, yeah. from the press box. I know. Uh, our friend Steve Politi had a had a tweet after the first quarter that said, "By all means, it's a beautiful Saturday. <laughs> Go out and enjoy the day. This is a this goose is cooked." Well, listen. Well, a couple more things on Ohio State, then we'll flush it and get on to Michigan State. But we got to look at Noah Vedral. I I thought he had a pretty good game. It's hard to go in a place like Ann Arbor and Michigan in the big house and and run your offense. I mean, they, they, he missed some opportunities, and they could have won that game, but I thought he had a pretty good game. I thought he's been pretty good this season, but he was not good. And it doesn't seem like he's been very good at SHI. Now, last year was di- a different thing. You know, there's no crowd or anything, but he, he was not good on Saturday. Missed a lot of receivers. Um, didn't really give his, his the team a chance to move the ball down the field. He can't put it all on him. He had a ton of pressure on him. Again, they they have, and they have it appears they have a pretty damn good defense too, along with a good offense. So they had trouble moving the ball. You you mentioned that the Crookshank play was a broken play, and he's got speed, and that was a nice um, run by him. But that that was it. That's all they had all afternoon. And Bedrill struggled uh, considerably. You got to wonder. I mean, Snyder looked okay in garbage time, but he did throw some nice balls. You got to wonder moving forward. You know, I guess you really have to stick. He's a veteran and. You know, oh, they're not going to make a change there yeah. for a while. They still have bowl hopes. Like, forget about it. This is going according to plan, not the way they lost. Like you said, no one expected anyone, uh, Rutgers, to beat Ohio State. The Michigan game, you probably really didn't expect. You thought there'd be a chance because Michigan is not what they once were. But that's been a problem place to play. Oh, listen, so they are exactly where they were. Three and two, be. glass half full. And this is where they want to be. Good chance to be three and three. You're right. Unfortunately. Yeah, so, so here's you're not going to change Let's, your quarterback and say, we got to. I, I don't think so. Yeah, so let's go to this Michigan State uh, game. And now, come on now. Now, this is a team that 11th in the country? Really? I mean, okay. They beat Nebraska. They beat a bad Miami team. Okay, they're 11th in the country. Uh, Rutgers beat them last year. Granted, they got seven turnovers. And and believe me, Mel Tucker is coming in SHI, and they want to make a statement. So you know what I want to hear? I want to hear the statement that Greg Schiano and Rutgers is going to make. In other words, no, uh, uh, uh-uh. That was, uh, was last year an aberration? It absolutely wasn't. We're going to hang with these guys on this this, uh, this Saturday. And you know what? We're going to have a shot to beat them in the fourth quarter. That's, again, what I'm asking for again. A shot to beat them in the fourth quarter. But are you really, Matt, are you really buying Mel Tucker bringing the 11th-ranked team in the country? Really? I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about that yet. Uh, neither am I, based on their schedule. And I know how the hype works. You know, the Big Ten, the SEC, all the big conferences. Big they're Ten give, gets a lot of credit, boy. They get a lot of credit. And who knows what this conference is all about? You know, wh- where is Wisconsin? What what happened, yeah. uh, you know, to them? Where 
you know, Maryland, who should be a little improved. They got their butts kicked, all that sort of stuff. It's a crazy – all you got is the standards, right? You've got Ohio State at, at the top and, you know, Penn State and Michigan are good. And then it's like, who expected Iowa? But then what happened to Iowa? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they look fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, 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 year to year, it's hard to predict. The right. Big no 10. one expected much. And they're coming off a big. And, anyway. So I don't know what Michigan State is. I don't know if they're the 11th team, but they do have offensive weapons. Yeah. And yeah, I, it's less Rutgers has to make a, a statement that Michigan State can't do this to us. Rutgers has to definitely play better. They have to block better, but they've got injuries now, too. So they're passing game which was men's amends to say the best now is Bo Melton gonna play I don't know he left the game on Saturday that's one of your key weapons that you don't have and they weren't really getting the ball downfield anyway mm-hmm. I think we were kind of fooled a little bit too by Michigan the second half of that game where they were north south and they were hard to play against if that shows up they'll be okay against Michigan State but we didn't see it in the first half of that game we didn't see it all in the Ohio State game we didn't really see it Delaware, yes, lower-level opponent. You know, I, I'm curious as to where Rutgers really is mm-hmm. in this rebuild. I think they're better. I think the six wins is still a long shot, but it's still Rutgers, quite frankly, yeah. in terms of what they need to do. Yeah, I think irregardless of what Michigan State is, what they bring in, how they play, this is all on Rutgers. It's, it's all about them. I mean, coming off of that Saturday. I mean, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Listen, we've, we've all said here we didn't expect them to win, but we didn't expect them to play so poorly in all facets of the game. I mean, special teams, offense, defense, they just got whitewashed. And as we've gone over, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. So, you know, unless and until they step up, um, you know, it really at this point doesn't matter what Michigan State's all about. They're going to bring in what they do. Um, it's going to be whether Rutgers is is up for the fight, if they're up for the challenge. And, yeah. um, you know, as dismayed and- as Coach Chiano was after the game, I think he's, you know, he's eager to find out what, uh, what his troops are made of as well. Well, yeah, and the challenge is on that coaching staff. Like, yeah. they've, got, they've got to get those players to play better. You know, Chiano was at a loss. You know, said uncharacteristic for us. We had a bad day, bad time to have a bad day. Well, now you gotta you gotta write in it. Yeah, and and so you just alluded to it, Matt, that uh, Michigan State has some skill players too. Yeah. I mean, they've st- they've steadied the quarterback position. I mean, Peyton Thorne is for real. He's a good quarterback. Uh, Kenneth Walker is a is a is a running back. He's he's been very good for them. Uh, and, you know, the wide receivers, you know, uh, Jalen Naylor, uh, Trey Mos- Mosley, they, they've got some players, man. they got some guys that can, um, you know, it's, you know, you, you saw C.J. Stroud throwing to, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson and, and uh, Chris Olave. Well, th- this isn't that that big of a step down. These guys are, are you know, it's good quarterback, wide receiver um, uh, uh, combination there with a good running back. So they've got some They've got some weapons on offense, and again, so Rutgers is going to have their hands full. That defense is going to have their hands full. We've got to see how they respond. You know, listen, we all in, in admire the effort that Noah Vedrill gives you every week, and every once in a while he will surpass, um, you know, your expectations. But let's be honest, fellas. I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks that he's a starting quarterback in the Big Ten Conference. I mean, 
he's at this point a placeholder. And, you know, you talk C.J. Stroud, well, you're hoping that you have your own version of C.J. Stroud standing on the sidelines in, you know, Wimsat. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for in the future. Um, you're going to get you're going to get fits and starts from from Vedral. He's going to do some good things. He's going to do some bad things. But at the end of the day, it's not his fault that he's forced into starting in the Big Ten Conference. It's more of a of um, you know of a, what Rutgers does not have that he is the man. Uh, under center right now well after and after taking the approach that he did which is pointing out a lot of Rutgers flaws I'm gonna stop the flogging here a little bit like you you can't beat up on Noah Vedral all that much and I know you're not John he is who he is but coming into the season we said he is a manager Mm -hmm. and he just hasn't managed as well but that's not his fault listen Rutgers is not bad they are on the come they just are a notch below one of the best, more than a notch. Yeah. They're several notches below one of the best teams in the country. Now they've got Michigan State. Who knows if they're 11th or not? We'll find out. That's where they just, but I don't think that the season, it just, even I was on that bandwagon. Oh, you know, they're terrible. They're this, they're that. It's still Rutgers. Look, there's a lot to play for here, and I think they are better. I have faith that Shiano and his staff will have his team ready to play, and I know Steve will be in attendance on Saturday, and he'll be part of a big crowd cheering on against the Spartans, and that's going to be, that's going to be a factor. I think being home, Michigan State hasn't been on the road in a while. Uh, you know, it's it's a factor. They won't turn the ball over seven times. So, you know, that works against Rutgers. But I, I think it'll be a game. I really do. And I got to well, tell you. the I, rubber meets the road on yeah, Saturday without yeah. question. Yeah, absolutely. And I had to miss the game. I had to work. And uh, so I had it on my laptop and my phone. So I didn't miss anything. But I'm, like, looking at it. And I'm and it just after the 24 nothing, I'm like, Jesus, you know what? I'm happy here at work. I'm just fine. <laughs> you know, it was like. Well, there's nothing was, worse than going to a game I that's not, over early as I that one not was. missing uh, the Michigan State game. I, the noon kickoff works for me work-wise better than the 3.30 thing. Yeah. So I know a lot of people like that 3.30 kickoff or what have you, or even evening kickoffs. I like the noon kickoff. It works for me from a work standpoint, you know, being in the restaurant bar business. Uh, so um, I will not miss uh, – I will not miss that game this Saturday, and I just think it's so important. I mean, it is, it is, I think it's a crucial game in this season. I really do. Um, I think that the statement, they absolutely have to make a statement after the Ohio State game. Mel Tucker's coming in with his crew. They want to make a statement thinking that a, that was an absolute aberration last year. Seven turnovers. We gave them the game. We're going to show them. We're going to come in and show them who's boss in the Big Ten and that you didn't catch up that quickly. That statement is absolutely be, is what Michigan State wants to make, and it's important for Rutgers to battle in that game and to stay in that game. I would, if I see another performance like Saturday, man, that will be a concern. And then you got to say to yourself, "Wow, is, is, a, is a bowl really realistic here?" I mean, no, I agree. I battle think that, and have a chance in the second half. Yeah, you know? that's because, it. That's it. Yeah, uh, because then the following week you've got Northwestern, and then you have a week off. So if you can show on Saturday, then you got a chance, a good chance against Northwestern. They're not that good. And then you have a week off. So, you know, you get a chance to get better. You get that fourth win because it's three and counting. they got to get to six. I'm getting ahead of myself looking past Saturday here. Saturday I, I will be very tough to win. But it is possible to say 
this is really who we are, not what we were last week. More like we were in the second half against Michigan. We are an improved team. I agree. So moving forward, uh, you know, that's all you can do is that you said it, Matt, is is get the three wins. And that's really what the goal is at this point. And a blowout loss, I mean, you just can't lose your your, your your mind over it. I mean, I really was disappointed Saturday, um, Saturday well, the evening. in which they lost, right? You know, um, absolutely. But, um, you know, moving forward, uh, they still have an opportunity to win those three games. And you know what? They have an opportunity to win um, this weekend, without a doubt. Uh, what was the line? Did anybody see the line? I didn't see it. It's less so, than a touchdown. Okay. So uh, this is a this is an opportunity for Rutgers to get to get back and and again there's no insistence on they must win this game or the or the season goes off the rails. Not even saying that, but uh, they, there's got to be some battle. They gotta, on the yeah, team. they got to get there back. There has on track. to be some battle on that team. Yeah, and listen, and, I wouldn't be surprised if they won. I don't think it'll be easy, yeah. but it wouldn't be a yeah. blow me over. And get shopper. back, get back to um, the turnovers. Get you know, I mean, they, they haven't had a. Um, they haven't had a, a fumble recovery or an interception in in the last two games, yeah. so they got to get back. But you know, and listen, they've that's, turned it over. So yeah, and they've they turned it over. So earlier. so um, that hurts them because well, obviously, you know, well, most most situations when you get you know, five turnovers, you're going to win the football game. And I would say on Saturday, if that's the case, they will again. But you can't always count on that. And again, they had seven turnovers last year against Michigan State, and you know they're pointing to that. They're they're circling that. They're going to take care of the football. And they are not going to give the game to Rutgers. That's what Michigan State's thought is coming into this game. And I got to tell you, they do have some weapons, though. They have steadied their offense. I mean, Mel Tucker was a mess last year at the beginning of the season, and a lot of programs were, so because of the whole COVID thing. So a lot of a lot of programs were struggling. This is going to be Michigan State at at full full speed, and, and Rutgers has to be ready for it. And um, and we hope that that'll be the case. Now, uh, Matt's got to run off. He's got to do some Devils things. But John and myself will be back with Eric Legrand. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll uh, be back in a minute. We're back on the RU Review. I'm on the line with John McAlevey. And also on the line, an old friend who we've been trying to get on the show. He's a busy man these days, Eric Legrand. Eric, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, listen, Eric, we wish it was under better circumstances. It's been a a pretty exciting season up until this past Saturday. Just a total blowout. Uh, My question to you, Eric, you're a defensive guy. You uh, played under Shiano. Ohio State's going to score. You know that offense is going to score. But Rutgers couldn't even slow them down. What was the breakdown on Saturday? Why couldn't they even get them to you know, slow down a bit and get the game under control? Why couldn't they do that? The thing with Ohio State is Ohio State, the way that they run their offense, they have their reads and guys that they're supposed to go to. So they run a check-with-me type of offense where, okay, they look what formation you're in, then they look to the sideline. The coaches either see, okay, they're in this defense is in that, then we're going to run this. If they're in that, then we're going to run this. And when you have guys at that level that can execute plays, it's just like a, it's like a, a, a well-oiled machine. They just go, go, go. So they, they check to the sideline and say, okay, they're in this. Well, I'm going to throw it here. Oh, they're in that. I'm going to run it here. And then they got guys from all over the country that are 
the best in their states, and they show every time they play, it's very hard to you know slow them down, but and confuse them. And right now they were they were shaking the beginning of the year, but this game they were hitting on all cylinders. That was the best game they put together, and unfortunately that was Rutgers' worst game they put together. Eric, coming off of the near miss out in Ann Arbor, a game that Rutgers could have, in in some respects, you could say maybe should have won out in the big house against Michigan. How much of Saturday was just Ohio State, as you mentioned, getting the best players from all many different states, just being really, really good? But do you think there was any any inkling of you know Rutgers thinking, hey, you know we were toe to toe with Michigan, we're pretty good, you know we think we're better than we are, and we're going to go out there and boy, maybe they got a little high on the hog a little bit. I don't even know if it was like oh, we're better than we think we are. I think it was just. They got punched in the face and didn't know how to react. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think it was it from the beginning. You know, you have to leave us a three and out, then you punt it in a, or a turnover. I forgot exactly what it was, but first play touchdown, Ohio State. Then you come back out and you try to get a little, you know, pop in the special teams, and you end up deep in your own territory and throw pick six. And next thing you know, it's 14 nothing. two minutes into the game, and you're just like, whoa, what just hit me? And yeah. it's like kind of things just kind of spiraled down after those first few plays. But, um, yeah, we're going to see what they're all about this week and how they bounce back from something like that because I know Coach Giano does not – that's not going to sit well with him, a 52-13 to 13 loss, and that's something that the program is going to hold themselves to a higher state themselves now. How you, you know, yeah, that? Eric, we were saying uh, in the previous segment, the game, it, it almost looked very Chris Ashian. I mean, the, the, the yeah. way that it was – I mean, that game was over in the first quarter, and it reminds me of – the old Mike Tyson line that everybody's got a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And uh, you're right. That was one of those things where it's it's 14 nothing before anybody's able to finish their LeGrand Coffee House mug of coffee. In their <laughs> right? And then you're right. I mean, where do you go from there? It's not like you're going to call a 14-point uh, you know, play, and then all of a sudden it's 24, and then you get the, the broken play, Crookshank touchdown. But then that was basically it. I mean, you could have you know, shut off your sets and enjoyed the beautiful Saturday. Yeah, like I said, uh, with Ohio State, they came in there, you know, not playing their best of football, having lost a big game already earlier in the year, and they just said, all right, we got to finally put it together. It's October, and unfortunately, we were in the way of that. <laughs> they yeah. they had on all offense, yeah. defense, special teams, on all cylinders, all of their players making plays. All six of the receivers are going to be in the NFL one day making yeah. plays. You know, it was just so we got in front of them at the wrong yeah. time. So, Eric, uh, the idea is that Rutgers is catching up to the big boys, at least getting closer. And then Saturday happened. So, are you were you surprised? And how concerned are you moving forward after that performance? I was surprised. I didn't think it would be as bad as it was. Obviously, Rutgers came out flat, and those things happen this year. I mean, you don't ever want them to happen, but they do. But I'm not. I'm not. My confidence. I'm still. I'm still very confident in this team. If you look at the Big Ten this year. They got some solid football teams. Iowa's number three, Penn State's number four, Ohio State's in, uh, probably about uh, six, seven, or eight now. We've got uh, Michigan's at nine, Michigan State's at eleven. This is what you want. This is what you. This is what you mm-hmm. prepare for. This is what you fight for. Like I said, it's all going to see how they bounce back this week versus Michigan State team, who's 
you know, doing very well during their second year under Mel Tucker. Still not liking that he's trying to steal our slogan, keep chopping us. You know, I heard about that. Me off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. all about how you bounce back and play a team that's number 11 in the country coming in again. So it's not like Ohio State was number 11 last week, and now another 11 team coming in again this week. So, yeah. Yeah. Two quick ones for me, Eric. One last one on Ohio State. How do you think that um, Ryan Day, having a previous relationship with Chris uh, or with uh, with Greg Schiano, uh, you know, took his foot off the gas at the end? Because I'm sure he could have run the score up really big. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, heading into Saturday with Michigan State, which side of the ball are you most concerned with, the offense or the defense? Okay. Well, first one. Uh... Yeah, obviously, when you're in a game like that, you have full control. You can run the scoreboard up as much as you want to. But I think it was more about Ohio State trying to get in some of their backups that are going to be playing for them in the future. And, you know, this year somebody goes down. It's yeah. like nothing up mentality. So when you get an opportunity to have a game like that, you want to get the guys in there that don't get as much playing time and get them some game film on, on the tape and, instead of just the scout team reps that they're running each and every week. So. That was uh, it's, when you get it, when you like as a coach, you say, okay, if we get up early like that in the third quarter, I'm going to give my backups the whole fourth quarter to play. So that's kind of how you look at it. Yeah. And then for your second, your second question, honestly, I, I'm, I'm focused on the defensive side because of what Michigan State's offense has been able to do this year. Very, very powerful running game, very strong there, but also can take the top off of the defense when they, with their quarterback who has a very strong arm and can throw that ball down the field. So. I'm going into the game plan just like I did with Michigan. It has to be disciplined. You have to know your your, your gaps when they move. You know where you because Coach Shannon's defense they play a gap scheme defense where you one or person is responsible for each gap. And when those gaps move, sometimes people jump out of them or over pursue one, and that's how big plays happen. So it's going to have to be a very very disciplined game to be able to shut down Michigan State's running game. And, Eric, last year, Michigan State, that game against Rutgers, it was the worst game they played in a long time. Forget about last Uh season, but a long time. I mean, seven turnovers. You know Mel Tucker's coming in saying he wants to make a statement. He wants to make it clear that that was an aberration last year. So what does does Greg Schiano tell his team? Because they need to make a statement right now, too, to say, no, it wasn't. And we, in fact, are – we belong and we – and I'm not sure – Michigan State at number 11, I'm not quite buying that yet. They beat Nebraska, they beat Miami, but really, number 11? They're giving a lot of respect to the Big Ten. That's what I said when I saw it come in this week. I was like, whoa, Michigan State's number 11? Like, that's, I, that's, I guess, you know, they're giving them some sort of credit mm-hmm. for the teams that they've been able to beat so far. But, hey, this is what, this is what it's all about. This is kind of how rivalries play in, come into play. It's like you can't afraid of rivalry by just saying, oh, yeah, let's put these two teams together. Usually something bad has, happened, has to happen. And last year it was Rutgers going there and whooping on them. And now this year them trying to steal the slogan of the keep chopping. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now these two teams are ready to play. Like, they don't like each other. It's kind of like they don't like each other. Like, they want to line up and they want to, and, you know, beat the mess out of each other. So these are how good games and rivalries are, are you know, come to fruition when stuff like this happens. So. I'm all for it. I can't wait. And Rutgers has to go out there and have to try to impose their will on them, like we saw them doing the second half of that Michigan game. That was impressive, mm-hmm. very impressive. So you know that it can be done. Eric, how about you know you hear in sports all the time about 
you know, oh, that's bulletin board material. Somebody said something, we own you. or something. Like the other day, um, John Carlos Stanton said something, and they were saying, oh, that could be bulletin board material. And, you know, as a player in the locker room, have you ever had a coach not bring a newspaper article in and put it up on the wall, but have you ever had anybody say, hey, did you hear what Michigan State is saying about stealing the chop or something like that to, to get a yeah. team ready, or is that is that just overblown and your team is ready to, to play anyway? Usually during the week, coaches don't focus on that at all. They're more focused on their game plan and you executing your job and doing your job and things of that nature. It's usually never brought up during the week, but obviously we live in a day of social media now, so kids can get have access to news you know, a lot more easier now and what's going on out there and what's being put and what's being put and said. But usually I know Coach Shiano probably won't mention anything until maybe the night before in the hotel when he's giving one of his pump up speeches or yeah. when they're on the field like, gentlemen, they want to take the chop. They don't know what the chop is about. That <laughs> is our lifestyle. Like that's how what hell like right before you go play. But yeah. you're not gonna use that for Baltimore material throughout the week. Yeah. Eric, back to the defense, because uh they played great. Again, again, it was lower competition, but the first three games, you know, they're getting the takeaways. Uh, they're holding the the other team down. Uh, and then they played great again, as you mentioned, in the second half against Michigan. And now really rough a Saturday this past Saturday. What What's the answer this Saturday to actually a team that actually has a pretty good offense? They've got Mel Tucker's got his feet under him now. I mean, Peyton Thorne is a, is, is a, a solid quarterback. He's doing well for them. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker is a good running back. They got the receivers and, you know, Jalen Naylor to Trey Mosley. What, what, um, how, uh, how did they make sure that it, what happened this past Saturday doesn't happen this Saturday coming up? I mean, are you concerned with the defense right now? I'm, I'm really not. I think, like I said, I think they're going to learn from that. That you know what, what happened, that blunder that happened last Saturday, and going into it now, I think they're going to get back to being that aggressive style of Rutgers defense, where you see guys blitzing the quarterback and trying to make him uncomfortable and hit him and get him on the ground early. So when the fourth quarter comes around, he'll be nervous and he'll start throwing, throwing that ball over to you, start making some, you know, bad decisions and turnovers. And then on the, on the um, when it's into the Michigan State rushing attack. You're going to see 11 hats to the ball until you're flying around, second man in strip ties, jumping on top of the pile, pushing it back. If I know Coach Giano the way that I think I do, and that coaching staff, they'll be ready to impose their will on Saturday, especially on that defensive side after what happened last week. I can hear you revved up about jumping on the pile. You want to get back at it, huh? I've been there. I've been there, unfortunately. Yeah. You have a bad week, and you just can't wait to get that bad blood out of your mouth that following week. Something tells me number 52 jumped on many a pile back in the day. That, well, I was, unfortunately, most of the time I was at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> which true. is not fun. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Eric, last one for me, and it's it's not really, doesn't have anything to do with Ohio State or Michigan State, but it is, uh, I just wanted to know, what, if anything, do you know of uh, Gavin Wimsat, the, the really um, ballyhooed recruit that came in, and he, he's actually at Rutgers now. I think he everyone would, would readily admit he's the future uh, signal caller for Rutgers, one of the top recruits they've had in many, many moons. First of all, have you seen him play, and, and what would be a scouting report for Scarlet Knight fans uh, looking forward in the future? Well, I haven't seen him play since he's been at Rutgers, but I did get to see his highlight film. And kid's a special player with one hell of an arm. The, the arm talent is there. The ability to escape and scramble with his feet. The speed is there. The size is there. All the measurables are there now. It's just getting him 
mentally there and prepared to be able to play the Big Ten Conference. You know, it's not, it's not like you could just throw them in there and just say, if I had you want to set them up for success. So, you know, the Scarlet Knight's not playing him yet. You know, I don't have a problem with that at all. If he's not ready to go out there, he's not ready. He was just in high school. Played a high school game three weeks ago. Yeah. Now you're going to line up versus Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. You know, you want to make sure that guy is fully ready so when he, it is his job to take over, he has the confidence to do so. And him going through this season right now, learning and being able to redshirt, that's huge. Yeah, sort of a Justin Fields type of a talent. As you said, he can do do everything with the strong arm, but he can also tuck the ball and, and get on the outside and maybe even run some people over too, right? Yeah, he got to get a little bit stronger. Justin, Justin Fields transformed his body. He's a lot stronger. I think a guy that can get to that level, especially he's only yeah. 18 years old. So yeah. he can get to that size level as well and be able to lower that shoulder a little bit, but hopefully not too much. So <laughs> along that line, Eric, uh, let's go to the Rutgers offense. And uh, Vedral struggled on Saturday. Uh, Ohio State had a lot to do with that. Um, just missed his, missed his uh, target a couple times, and it cost him and the team. Um, what assess Vedral so far this season, and and uh, how what adjustments does he need to make uh, Saturday? Obviously, the first three years this is the season, and three out of the four quarters up until the. Uh, the last drive of that Michigan game, he was protecting the ball. Mm-hmm. He was doing well with it, not turning it over, being able to lead the team down, taking what was there, not doing too much, mm-hmm. finding a way to connect with the deep ball in the Delaware game. You know, so he was doing all the right things. And then, even in the Michigan game, besides that fumble at the end of the game, he was, you know, played it perfectly for the, what they're asking him to do. Ohio State was a little bit different, obviously. You know, he had three turnovers and things of that nature and a little bit of what you said it was had to do with Ohio State and what they were doing. But also, he might be taking chances because uh, mm-hmm. how many points you're getting down and you're, you're getting nervous. And you're trying to, obviously, you can't score all of them back at once. But when you see your team is down by 21 or 28 points, you start taking chances and shots. And I think that's a little bit what he did uh, last week. So what do you want to see from uh, from Rutgers uh, on Saturday, uh, Eric? What, what the, what's the game plan? What do they need to do? I want them to come out angry. I want them to come out aggressive. I want them to show like what you saw last week is not what we what we're going to be allowing acceptable in this program. Mm-hmm. We're not going to accept what happened last week. We're not going to be you know the bottom of the Big Ten. We're coming back to fight. We'll come back. We've shown that we can mature and learn from that relationship. We're going to learn all that mistakes from that that game, that moment, and now we're going to bring it into this game and then be able to correct our mistakes and not make them again. Go out there and play Rutgers football the way that we know how to taking the ball away, eleven hats to the ball, and imposing will on the on your opponent. That's exactly what I'm expecting to see on Saturday. I'm all for it. Let's let's see it. Let's let's talk coffee. Uh, how's the um, how's the, uh, the 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 coffee shop going? Have you have yeah, you opened yet? I was yet? just gonna ask. I was just gonna ask if I'm driving around Woodbridge, if you, you can tell me where I can find a good hot cup of coffee. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, definitely come on by 10 Green Street. Once we open it up in December of this year, and our contractors are getting in there, about to get all the inside built. So I'm excited about that. Our online store has been booming since we. Opened last January and getting a brand out there and doing different partnerships and deals. It's been very cool. I'm having fun with it each and every day. It's just another journey, another adventure, and just seeing how much people truly do love their coffee. Yeah, yeah. And were you a coffee drinker before all of this? 
No, I wasn't. I didn't have my first one until August August of 2020 was my first cup of coffee. Let's just say I've been missing out on some good stuff. I like it a lot. (laughs) Listen, I I live by it, and it's a good cup of coffee. I mean, it's at SHI Stadium, too, so you got that. The kiosk set up there, which is great. Oh, yeah. So yeah, um, and, the, and the, how yeah. about the Belize, the uh, the ale that you have? You're partnering it, up with Bolero uh, Snort Brewery. Yeah, we Tell saw us that. How that came together? Yeah, they actually reached out to us to come up there to just to tour the facility. Last um, I want to say a few months ago, well, probably around, uh, March, April of this year, and we got to go up there and tour the facility, and it was just amazing. And then they were like, you know, why don't we do something together? You know, why don't we make a a nice uh, coffee with the beer? And I was like, sure, I don't want it to be. Though, like a stout where you can only drink one, I want to be able to drink multiple, yeah, <laughs> be able to have multiple beers. And they said, Yeah, let's try it with a blonde ale. And there we are, we have to believe it. I'll tell you what, those things go down very, very smooth. Well, if they try yeah. one, and the, the logo is awesome, I mean, it's so cool. Yeah, they put everything they do is with a bull, so they created me into the bull character. In the yeah, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Special. Really special, Eric. Let me ask you something. What just on a side note, what was your major? Did you always did you always kind of have this entrepreneurial spirit? Was that something that you know, if and when football was not going to work out for you, were, were you you know sort of heading in that direction to, to open businesses and uh, look for opportunities where they could come up? I always saw myself. So I always saw myself as a good leader. So I wanted to always get into something on my own on the side. I always wanted to go to the NFL. Retired, become a sports broadcaster, but on the side, be able to do, you know, something that I wanted to do with, you know, just from from me. And obviously, life, you know, gives you your flips and turns and upside down, roller coaster and ride. But I found my way still into the entrepreneurship side of me. And I, you know, can't wait to keep on expanding on that because I got a lot of plans going forward. God willing, I'm here for many more years. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, and I can attest to, you know, with the whole pint glass thing that we did, that you have an army of support, Eric. I mean, so you did, you've inspired so many people and you've got this huge support. And I remember, I was just like, you know, I remember I was ordering just a, a few to start that whole thing. And then, oh, my God, the demand was amazing. And so that ended up being a great ended up being a great fundraiser too so uh so now you got the coffee thing going and i think you're just gonna again you're just gonna have all that support and it's you know it's a good cup of coffee on top of everything too so uh yeah, I, i'm not gonna give you no dirt water that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> great coffee, that's for sure. yeah maybe but we'll yeah, do that something that you guys did that that, that fundraiser was awesome Steve, oh, right it was and the way like you said we ordered it you know just a few to start it off and those or sold out in the first 40 oh, minutes, man, and yeah. we were off and running. It was wild, man. It's just we're well, so gonna have mean. to do some coffee mugs and coffee tumblers, maybe down yeah, the road. There we go. Something. Yeah. Yeah, That'd something cool. with coffee would be uh, would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, so, sure. um, all right. Well, so uh, SHI Stadium noon kickoff. Uh, Michigan State Rutgers. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, test for Rutgers to see if they can get back. Uh, back to where they were at the beginning of the season and uh, really excited about it. Eric, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, you can find our podcast on on Spotify. You can find it uh, on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Any place where you, where you look to find your uh, podcast will be there. So uh, listen up and go are you. Uh, Eric, again, thanks for joining us and, uh, and we'll catch everybody uh, next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>